0: What up, y'all? This is Amani and you are now listening to The Ville Radio Show on Pure Radio.
1: Yo, 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 testing. You already know what it is. I don't get to do this because we already have somebody that normally does this, but he out. So I'm taking this joint over. This is Big Field, and you already rocking with The Ville Radio Show. Know what I'm saying? We in here. 103.7 FM. You know what I mean? Pure Radio, Jacksonville, Florida. We hot. Cause we got some special guests in this building but before we get to that let me holler at the co-host shirky durky what's happening boss
2: <laughs> my question is jay Lee's for one show and you're the boss <laughs> That's let's, cool. go. Let's, let's go let's go you know fun. what i'm
1: saying Already. Nah, we're going to do this together, man. We're going to do this together.
0: Okay, I respect
1: that. And we got one boss. We got a, we got a boss in here. you know what I'm saying? I see her as a boss. I see her making moves, you know what I'm saying? And I see her, you know, uh, really being uh, a, a, a big impact in, in the community and, and, and some young gentlemen's lives. And she doing her thing. And we're going to start right there and just go, go, go ahead and kick it off with Amy D, Amy Donafrio. She's in here and she's the founder and... Uh, what we could say The teacher of the EVAC movement You know what I'm saying And we got these guys in here as well So I'm going to let her talk and introduce them And we're going to get it started On what we're talking about today Right here on the VL Radio Show, man Let's go Amy, what's up? Hey, thanks for having us
3: um, So we got Devin <laughs> We got out. We got out.
4: I don't know, HB, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're,
3: we're talking about the justice system today And um, the idea of is the justice system just
1: Absolutely, absolutely We're talking about that today And we want to make sure that uh, we get both uh, both sides of the spectrum We're going to talk about a lot of different things uh, I'm sure a lot of us got different views when it comes to the justice system But what I want to do before we even get into that is highlight uh, just a few things about the EVAC movement. Um, we, we played a uh, show from the EVAC last week um, and I want to kind of continue on some of the things that you all have done before we actually jump into a uh, conversation about the justice system. Sure, what you want to do today? You got anything in mind as well? You got any questions you want to ask?
2: Man, I got a lot of questions because I don't know much about the justice system. So I'm the, the ignorant fool who thinks stuff but knows nothing. So... I mean, I want to hear what y'all say, and I just want to take that, and I guess my role in this whole thing, let's let's be frank. my role oh, Lord. in this whole thing <laughs> is one, to to voice what people think, who don't usually want to voice it because they're afraid of looking stupid, which I can look stupid, that's fine, I'm cool with that, uh, two is, you know... lot of these times these conversations happen usually it's either one side is all talking together or another side's all talking together and there's never really a bridging of like a table like this where we all come together and I'm I'm not saying I'm against anything I just want to objectively hear you guys' stories and yeah come to what the truth is so let's hear it
1: all day all day hey listen man somebody got to play a part somewhere you know what I mean and what I want to do is you know Ask those tough questions, and I want those answers. Like I told the guys before we even started, and hey man, I want you to be as candid and open as you possibly can. And I believe that you know we can get that done, and we can make that happen. So, but before we get into that, let's just talk about the evac movement in particular and what you all have done. You know, just give us a little history. I know we did it on the last show, but let's catch some of the people up of what you all have uh, accomplished. Uh, how it all started, you know, where this came from, the whole nine. So give me some of that, Amy.
3: Okay, so the EVAC movement is literally a class um, at Lee High School. I had most of them as ninth graders, and um, starting their 10th grade year for most of them is when EVAC started, and now most of them are in their senior year. So this will be our basically all through high school together. And um, we were just a leadership class scheduled like any other class at a high school when – they started sharing their stories with each other, and they realized how many things that they had in common that they had been through. Um, there was issues with incarceration, loss of loved ones, um, police brutality. And so we started talking about, well, what can we do about it? So it started with meeting with JSO, to um, meeting with U.S. attorneys, judges. Um, in the last year, we've been to D.C. three times. Um, we've spoken to the U.S. Senate on Capitol Hill. Spoken at the White House, um, been on the cover of the New York Times, met President um, Obama, which is amazing. Come on now. And uh, we have a partnership with Harvard. We got Alan here. He's a Harvard youth advisor. And we also won first place in the National Harvard Contest um, for a school kindness campaign. So God's been good to us with the opportunities he's given us. And we've definitely gotten to know, you know, a lot of them know about the justice system from personal experience, right. but meeting with people, we've also kind of got the back end of it and what really needs to change.
5: Absolutely.
2: Hey, can I ask y'all a question real quick? So, the Harvard thing was with Kind Bars, right? What? Yeah. The Harvard thing that y'all won was Harvard and Kind it Bars? Was the, it
3: was the Kind Foundation uh, partnership with Harvard. Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: so do y'all get, like, Kind Bars for life? No, we
3: got Kind uh, we, bars. we got two eight-packs of them. <laughs> 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 and none of them... <laughs> I'll leave it there. Okay. <laughs>
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs>
3: but, but we love the Kind Foundation. Actually, they just called me two days ago because they were so impressed with the boys. They want the boys to actually be the judges for the next national contest and partner cool. with them. That's cool.
1: Hey, it sounds like we got a lot to talk about, you a know? You know what I mean? So before we get into that, let's get into a song, you know what I'm saying? So I want to do that, and then when we get into a song, we're going to come back, and we're going to hit this thing called the justice system, and we're going to ask some questions and find out what we think about it and just share some of our experiences. So before we do that, I'm going to play a song by requested by Amy Donafrio, my boy Savage J. Shout out to Savage J. He just dropped a new project called Blood in the Streets Part 3. Y'all make sure y'all want to get that and pick that up. That's my man because my man take care of the streets. He inspired me and my music to say, hey, you know what? Next time around, I'm going to holler at some of my old peoples, and we kind of just been you know, you know, uh, uh, bouncing ideas off each other here for the last year and a half about really making music that speak to uh, the communities and where we come from, and still keep a level of uh, substance and spirituality and how we feel about our faith. So, you know, I'm mean? shout out to him. Go get that project. Holler at him, Seven J Ministry, or you can go online and download it. It's available. And we're gonna play a song called
3: Dear Mr. Seven.
1: Dear Mr. Seven, right here, Pure Radio on the V Radio Show. Let's go.
6: Mr. 7, I'm writing, I feel so all alone I'm always bothered cause I wonder why my mommy gone In the street she be running, I want my mommy home There's no one to love me, I feel my heart is gone I stay with my granny but she don't understand I go to school and try to learn but I don't understand The teachers they yell at me cause my attitude I'm grumpy cause I'm hungry, we don't have no food Mr. Seven, can you pretty please buy me shoes? Cause I see you in that polo, you be looking cool But all the kids speak at me cause my ugly clothes I'm just a kid but I've been thinking about getting ghosts Thinking about running away is bad, I know Mr. Seven, you really the only dad I know I heard you talk about Jesus, I know that you believe him Can you ask him to save me because I really need him so all alone there's no one to love me i feel my heart is gone my daddy he beat me and beat me beat me bad one time so badly i started bleeding bad one time he told me i couldn't even breathe <sighs> don't tell nobody and please don't call police cause that's when they'll take me in. i'll be all alone spit up my siblings inside a foster home Mr. Seven, I love my daddy, he loves me too But when he drunk off the liquor, I don't know what to do I'm failing my classes because I cannot focus I covered my arms up and then hope no one noticed But Mr. Seven, I'm writing because I see you pray You was out there with a group of kids the other day I heard you talk about Jesus, I know that you believe him Can you ask him to save me because I really need him? I've read countless letters like these from my kids i pray that your spirit would meet them right where they are and by your grace and your grace alone would you please save them amen
1: 7 shout out to you boy y'all just heard it right here on the Ville Radio show 103.7 FM Pure Radio Jacksonville Florida hey that song go hard man deep song touching song shout out to him man for even uh giving a voice to students giving a voice to young people and really making it possible for somebody's story to get told through the music man so again y'all make sure y'all pick that up that was requested by Amy Donafrio we got some couple couple more songs coming up later so but before we get into those Let's go ahead on and talk about it. So we set up a couple of uh, shows to where the EVAC movement is going to be a part of the V radio show. And one of the subjects we say we wanted to touch on was the justice system. So, Amy, I'm going to go ahead on and let you just tackle that and really give, a, give me a reason why you wanted to talk about that. What did you see? What did these guys see? And we're going to let y'all express. And I need y'all to tell the truth. Be real. Let's do it. All right. Let's go.
3: Well, I'm gonna keep my talking to a minimum, which is gonna be shocking to them because they (laughs) think I talk too much. But that's funny. Uh, But I think I think my whole paradigm has just totally flipped from seeing the realities of the justice system. I don't think I knew for years and years that it was unjust until I watched it played out on people I cared about. Um, And so I guess I'll I'll direct a question to you all so y'all can talk. because y'all know best. Do we have a just justice system? No. Why do you say that?
7: Um, I say that because I feel like it's very unjust. Like, they treat they treat people that, like, different people that come in there, they treat them very different. Like, it be the ones that don't do nothing be the ones that get slammed with the hard time. But it be the ones that are habitual offenders that keep getting let off and get keep getting put on probation and ankle monitors. Mm. But the people that don't never do nothing, first time ever going to jail, they'll be the ones that go to programs, get certified, go to prison. Wow. And
5: why,
3: Julio? You want to talk on that? You want to expound on what he just said?
5: Well, that was kind of like my case. I can actually relate to that, you know, because I got certified at a very young age. I didn't have any record, you know, at all. You know, I used to get in trouble a lot in school. But I feel like, you know, that kind of reflected on how, you know, how how you do as a, you know, a younger youth, you know, kind of affects, you know, how they go about things in the justice system, too. And I feel like, you know, that that's wrong because, you know, if you trouble, you know, going through stuff, you know, really young, you know, they feel like, you know, just from different experiences that you had that you're going to be a product of society and, like, you not you know, going to stand a chance to be successful. Wow. So, like, you know, they kind of, I feel like they kind of sentence people off that. And, you know, being in jail at a young age, you know, I've witnessed people get sentenced to 40 years, 35 years, 20 years, you know, even for, you know, murders, of course, but, you know, like different things, like, you know, armed robbery and um burglary, like breaking into people's house and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, me as an individual, I feel like people... You know, can really do a short amount of time in jail, you know, and really learn from that situation. You know, learn from those situations instead of, you know, hitting them with 15, 20 years mm-hmm. to where, you know, they go to jail. You know, they're about to get out, but they don't know what to do. They don't know how to survive, you know, like live in society because they've been caged well, most of their life.
1: So, let me, before you go on further, so let me let me do this because... Based on what you're saying, I want to read a definition of what the justice system is. I, I, I just pulled up to ask def- to define what is the justice system. And it says, the criminal justice system is the set of agencies and processes established by governments to control crime and impose penalties on those who violate laws. There is no single criminal justice system in the United States, but rather many simil- uh, similar Individual systems. So, uh, the core core definition of that is it says to estab- it was established by governments to control crime and impose penalties on those who violate laws.
5: Well, well before you keep going, we can stop on the word "control." There, it, it, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Because they can't control crime. There's no. I honestly feel like there's no such thing as control con- con- controlling crime. Anywhere you go is gonna be crime. Something is gonna happen. So,
3: but wh- why? Like, why? Why do you all think people commit crimes? Because a lot of people, in my experience, and yeah. this might even been me a few years ago, go if y- bad people do crime, but but no, people do crime. Why? Yeah. So, DeQuan,
7: goes. I feel like from personal experience, a lot of people do crime. Like the people I be around, people I know, like grew up with, like all the, a lot of people weren't in the way that they is not, but your life unfolds to different things like you might have went to jail one time for something that you didn't even do and you did a program just because you was in jail or whatever like a lot of people that go in there for the first time don't get let off like they get programs or get certified go to jail or whatever they be sitting for a while so when you get out a lot of opportunities has been taken away from you like being in there they mess up your credits for school so when you get out you probably 2 3 grades behind you only want to go back to school mm. so not going to school mean you don't got no education. If you don't got no education, you can't get no job. If you ain't got no job, what? And you and you got a child on the way, or you got a child here. What that leads you to do? You gotta have some kind of income, so it leads to crime.
8: And not just that. If
5: you was gonna speak,
7: yeah,
8: I was gonna say the the circumstances that people go through. Like people, like they don't have no food. Like your parents don't got enough money to buy the food or a house or anything. So they feel like, oh, if I can't get a job as of right now, the streets is somewhere I could go. To get money. So if they feel like they're getting money, they're gonna keep on doing it because that's the only way that they're gonna eat. That's the only way they're gonna sleep. Like, i done seen before my mom passed, that's what she was doing for me to make sure I was living. Like, she was in the streets making sure that I had clothes on my back and food in the house. So I feel like if that's the only way that people know they get it because nobody else gave them the opportunity, people just don't wake up one day and be like, oh, I'm be a lawyer. Some people show them that way, like, Oh, this is what you could do. This is the college route. This is the plan. This is people you need to know. Everybody doesn't get that. So, and I know my mom didn't get that cuz my mom, she had a she had a career, she had a trade, but she didn't know what to do with a trade. So, nobody ever showed her, so she just went to the streets for the whole for my whole 17 years of my life.
1: So, just like no one wakes up and says, "Uh, I'm going to I decided I'm going to be a lawyer just waking up." Nobody wakes up and just says, "I'm going to commit some crime today." Like
5: That's just not a personal life. You don't feel like that is a personal life. Well, to a point, you know, it becomes a lifestyle. You know, most people, you know, feel like if you speak up for it, like you green or, you know, that's not like a a way of explaining it. But most people who live in that lifestyle, who chose to live that lifestyle are victims of poverty, you know. And that's kind of like what David was saying. Um, You know, they've been forced, you know. From reality of not, you know, having it like that. You know, you walk in school and you see people, you know, with jays on, forces, you know, nice clean outfits, haircut, and you know, you getting a haircut every three weeks, or you do, you only get a pair of shoes a month. You know, that just, you know, like leads you in the di- in that direction right. of like, all right, I need to get what they got, you know, but the, what they have. It's parents, you know, and different people helping them, you know, showing them, and I don't have that. So, therefore, you know, I'm going to go this route to where people, you know, have, but I'm going to take from them so I can have. Right. You know, and from that point, it just becomes a lifestyle. You know, people get used to it. People start liking it, and, you know, it just leads to the fast lane of life. And that's really where, you know, Crime comes in. At, that's where really crime is the core poverty, you know. Because I'm sure if everybody had good parents and this, you know, people who trying to help them, this, that, and the third, you know, that would that really wouldn't be the case. The crime rate would really be lower, you right? Know? If it was really people out there really, you know, lending a helping hand, you know, a, a lot of the time. But you know that's not the case. So that really forced people, you know, to you know take it to the extreme, and then once they get you know, do that, they kind of adapt to it. And that's really what leads to, you know, the criminal lifestyle. I don't
3: I don't think people understand, because I didn't understand, that there are kids in our city, and not just a few, but a substantial amount of kids in our city, they don't have running water going on at home. They don't have, I mean, the, the power is cut off, the water is cut off. Like, there's eviction notices, you know, stuff is on the street. There's no one to take it to the, wherever they're going to stay next. They lose everything, like... This is literally rampant in our city. And so when you tell a kid you don't, you know, want to start, like, robbing people or stealing or whatever, like, are, are you giving them any other options? Because I'll tell you, I've helped kids apply for jobs for months, for months, application after application after school, and they don't get a call back. So.
2: So, hey, can I ask Go ahead. a question? Go ahead. Sure. So <clears throat> this, I hear what y'all are saying, and I, my, My first question is this, and I feel like the answer is obvious. Maybe it's not. But do you think there should be a justice system?
5: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
2: So, yeah, I think, like, every human would say there has to be because there has to be, you know, if any offense was happening to our family, like, say, someone killed somebody. You want justice. Like, justice is a good thing. But it seems like what y'all are saying is the injustice of our justice system. So my question, I guess, kind of goes like this. Like, how do we reset if y'all could just throw away everything and reset the whole justice system,
4: right? Mm-hmm. What would y'all do to change it? If I could reset the justice system, I, um, I have every case being look, be looked at um, deeply mm-hmm. and not just, like, what's on paper but looking at the circumstances, what did this person go through to make that decision that they made? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, stealing, uh, robbery—I mean, that's a crime. You, you deserve a punishment. We're not saying you don't deserve a punishment, right. sure. but you know, twenty years, fifteen years, and stuff—that's that, that, right. That's that not is. like that's not reasonable, mm-hmm. especially if a person was going through hard times. Mm-hmm. And from there, you should try to help a person put them in programs, or if it was. Well, a person needed something and had to go steal for it, Give them what you know, let them apply for a job, help them get a job where they don't have to steal because they have right. money to get what they need mm-hmm. right
3: do you think that would reduce crime?
7: yeah, I feel like they should put like they should just make pro like if you go to jail for like a gun charge or something, I feel like they need to make a gun program like giving you reasons why you shouldn't tow the gun the dos and don'ts of having the weapon and it, I feel like if you acknowledge a lot of um youth. They'll know, and then they they wouldn't do half the stuff that they do in another thing. Like, we the reset the system. First thing first, like, if the average police officer, I think they work, like, 40 hours a week, sometimes, like, 50 hours a week. 20 of those hours, I would make mandatory of community policing. What's that mean? Meaning, like, you need to be out there, trying to build a bridge between you and that mm-hmm. community and it'll stop a lot of those crimes. I mean, a lot of people will feel more safe around the police instead of feeling like they got two enemies.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: And and not just that, back to like, to sum up like what both of them were saying, you know, me, to answer your question, I would like, you know, just redo the whole officials, like, you know, police and everything. You know, most police, you gotta qualify to be a police officer, which means not having a record, um, that kind of stuff, and by you not having a record, and you know, actually going to school, getting a g- degree, or even going to like you know a police academy, you had to be led in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So that kind of person wouldn't understand how life is, you know, to a person who's been dealt poverty, been mm-hmm. dealt you know a bad hand. Yeah. so how could they relate and have a good communication between a person who's like really you know been going through stuff different things in their life me how I feel on your on your question you know instead of hiring people you know police officers who not convicted felon who actually was le- led in a good direction you know who can't relate you know give people give other people a chance give grown men who actually been through something a chance to where hey hey, man, I used to be that boy on the corner or whatever, um, you know, doing that, and who actually can feel for, you know, a youth or a juvenile who's, like, going through that and can actually, you know, be in a position to give them a helping hand.
3: Yeah, Yeah. and and the research supports what you're saying because um, it's actually ridiculous that we have even anything called a felony um, that kind of sticks with you for life because the research is very, very clear. After five years of being released either from um, incarceration or probation, if you have not reoffended, you are as likely to reoffend as someone who has never committed a crime. You have the same odds. And in fact, violent offenders have slightly even better odds of not offending. Mm. Um, and that includes murderers. Yeah. So other countries don't do it like us because that research is just so blatant. Like, after so many years, your record should just go away, point-blank period. So people should be able to enter law enforcement or enter the justice system as a career even if they had a record. Yes, Mm -hmm. there's some wait time. Sure. But it shouldn't be a lifetime ban. Right.
2: Well, see, so here's my, you know, I don't know because I haven't read the research. But it seems like they categorize everybody in the same thing because, like, pedophilia is a disease, right? Mm -hmm. And so you go to jail, and it's hard to rehabilitate from that once you've been there. But – and then there's other things like, okay, let's say even murder – I mean, it could be circumstantial. It could be whatever. And if you're getting out early, then it wasn't premeditated and whatever. But there seems to be something where, like, at least people I know that talk about it, they talk about the justice system as, like, a full, like, overview. Like, they'll say one statement, like, it means everything to everyone. So they'll take the worst-case scenarios Mm -hmm. and then apply it to everyone involved, which I'm hearing what y'all say, it's like, well, it's not the same. Because it seems to me, and I don't know, y'all would know more about this, but the reason people commit crimes is either situationally
3: mm-hmm.
2: mental illness
3: mm-hmm.
2: or they just want to commit crimes like
3: I think that's so few I think that's so few i don't I, I think it's just so i think it's pretty much the two things it's it's situ, it's situational predominantly poverty mm-hmm. or it's mental illness like no one if you got money you're not trying to rob people why I mean, would I you didn't. it doesn't when make any kid, sense
2: I mean I didn't rob people, but I mean I stole stuff out of stores like just being a kid, like, I was doing what But, I mean, I grew up at a private school. My, both my parents work. We were middle, upper, middle class. But, I mean, I still chose to do some of that stuff, and I still chose right. to, like, but do. Right,
3: but if you got caught for that, you're, you're not going to jail for 10 years.
2: Which I'm not saying. I'm, what the point is, I'm not saying what the response is. The response is unjust. We know. Well, we don't know that. No, the listeners don't know that. But what I'm hearing y'all say, and I believe what y'all are saying, it's different. But to the point, the only two reasons people do something. I think there is a third reason, and the third reason is we're sinful humans.
0: Well,
7: yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, but what, yeah, Ms. Donovan, it's true, because, like, if you go down your time, like, if you was the average youth in our society going down your timeline on Facebook, you would see, like, kids that was fed with a silver spoon from day one, mm-hmm. like, right now stay in stand, the big old house, mama and daddy drive outies, but. They be driving in stolen cars, they ride in stolen cars all day and ride around with guns all day.
3: I would argue that that goes in the mental illness. And I think when we say mental illness, we get this like, oh, something's really wrong. I'm talking like you have a self esteem issue, you, you have an attention issue mm-hmm. um, that you're trying to fulfill. What, what you're talking about you're talking about stealing some Skittles from the store, okay? Yeah. I'm talking about robbing people yeah. because that's what I'm watching people go to jail for for 10 years, right? right. Mm-hmm. And 20, 20, 20, 20 yeah, 25, yeah, I mean, 30. Yeah, and then you're a violent oh, offender yeah. if you had a gun on you, even if you never pulled the gun. And now you get out and you're this... You've been in there for 20 years and you're this scary violent offender. It, it's a its a mirage and it's given these scary labels mm-hmm. and, and therefore no one wants to touch it. Like, yeah. that that's what happens. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm going.
2: No, that's okay. But, I, so... I mean, that's kind of where I feel because, I mean, yeah, mine was like petty, stupid stuff, right? But, I mean, I do know people. I went to Bowles High School, and I know kids that were just bored. They were bored. Their parents... Had millions of dollars.
3: But but Jeremy, I'm just going to cut you off, and I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be rude, but we don't have to address it. Those kids are not getting locked up. Like, we're talking about the justice system where we are destroying families. We are destroying communities. Mm-hmm. We are destroying kids. Right. So let, let's focus on who actually is stuck in the justice system.
0: Well,
2: the reason I'm bringing it up is because you have to start with why people do stuff. I'm
3: starting with why people who are getting targeted to get locked up are doing stuff. You're mm-hmm. talking about people who are not getting locked up.
2: Okay. And yeah, well, I, I don't mean, know where
1: to go from no, here, well, that's, I, I kind of get both of your your, your stances. I kind of get both of what, what you um, get where you both are coming from. I think what um, <clears throat> Amy is trying to, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, there is, there is a, which sounds like to me, there is a, a group of individuals that are marked.
2: Sure.
1: Which, that, which means that there are a group of inju- individuals that are marked. There are a group of in- individuals that are not marked. So when uh, when you mark a certain group of individuals, you are going to spend more time incriminating these marked group of individuals, mm-hmm. as opposed to viewing everybody on the same playing field and the same scale. Correct, Am I not? Correct.
3: Yeah what happened to Quan at the uh, Times Union Performing Arts Center. When I walked in, you know, there's security. I walked in, passed the security in the door I wasn't supposed to go through. Lady well, didn't say a word to me. But
7: when me and um, Alan walked through, she said, where are y'all going? And, and like, as soon as we came in the door but didn't say nothing to nobody else, but when we first walked in, she said, where are y'all going? I guess we wasn't dressed for the occasion. Right. But she just automatically assumed that we wasn't supposed to be there.
3: And those are the small altercations that tend to escalate, right? And not escalate in any kind of crazy way, but in the, why are you bothering me? Right. And then it gets aggressive from the security or police angle. So
1: right? let, me ask, let me ask this then, let me ask this. Um, and Jeremy, I wanna come back to what you were actually saying as well. Um, um, it sounds like to me that you all feel, and and I'm just gonna ask, do you think that the justice system helps perpetuate a, like, so do you help, so you know, we just read the, the, the definition of what the justice system is, yeah. and how you all um, you know, you had some issues with what the definition was um, do you think that this justice system and what was defined by it helps you get stuck, or does it help you, I mean does it help perpetuate criminal uh, criminality?
5: I feel like the justice system, period, is designed to mess up people's lives just like, you know, Ms. Donna Freo was saying. It's not justice. They just call it justice. You know, if it was justice, they would understand, you know, most situations. Okay. You know, um, I feel like, you know, a lot of the city leaders and different things, you know, like the, the public defender's office, right. the public, I feel like, you know, a lot of the cases, how they get handled, you know, the public defenders don't care, honestly. You know, I feel like if public defenders were more into, okay, um, I'm going to actually try to help this person, you know, as best as I can, you know, help them get as least time as possible, help them on, you know, not get a conviction, you know, if we, if it was more people like that in a public, you know, attorney, a public defender, you know, it would be less conviction.
1: Now, what I'll say is this then I'll have to challenge you a, l- a little bit based on what Jeremy was saying and just help me if I'm wrong. So um, with with that, understanding where you're coming from, um, there still is a need for this type of system. There's need for a system. Yeah. There's need for it because at the end of the day, I want somebody to help secure my safety, regardless of what is going on, regardless of what neighborhood I'm from, regardless of who I am. Um, and I think that maybe go back to the fact of where there might be a slight difference in the demographics of where we stay, how this city is designed. But just to go back to Jeremy, so give me a, give me a, give Jeremy, you give me an understanding. Help me understand what is it that you were trying to apply when it comes to.
2: Well, what I'm trying to think through is if if it actually comes down to the fact that either it's situational or just mental illness, there shouldn't be jails because both of those are correctable. Either if it's situational, there should be programs to help people process what they've been through and then push out. And then if it's mental illness, there should be programs in hospitals and whatever to address these things. And so, but th- to me, that can't be the only I, I agree. two options. Well, I, I think, think those are the only two options. Yeah, and, right, right, that's,
1: the, where we and that's what, and what, and and this is why I would say um, I kind of understand what Amy is coming from because you you would disagree with that, but mm-hmm. I think just like that, there is a system to incriminate. And yeah. to mark people, right. I think even when they get in jail, I think jails have to make money. Yeah. I think private prisons, prisons are built to yeah. make money, and they can only make money based on housing of prisoners. Right. And I think that what happens is, and what has happened, is that prison, um, and from historically, I felt like when they first built this thing called correctional facilities of prison Mm -hmm. it was not only to entrap but to help rehabilitate Mm -hmm. and i think that there is a lack of that it i think there's no rehabilitation sure whatsoever so and i want i want to hear what you all think about that i feel like there's no rehabilitation
7: like When you go inside jail or you get sentenced to something, like my first time going to jail ever, ever being stopped by the police, period, I got sent to a level eight program, so I was in there for nine or 12 months. When you go there, once you get sent out, first of all, as a juvenile, waiting on your program is the worst thing ever because you just sitting in a detention center, sitting on dead time, don't know when you finna leave, and you just basically waiting on them to call your name, telling you are finna go to your program. You just sitting in there for weeks, up to months. I know somebody in there right now been waiting for eight months. He been committed to a program for eight months and still hasn't got sent yet. And he got uh, he got committed to a nine to twelve month program.
3: Wait, so when you say dead time, because I don't think people are gonna know, you mean it doesn't count? It towards doesn't a sentencing count. It time. doesn't
7: count towards a sentence. So that means he he been in there for eight months waiting on the program. If he gets sent off next month, which would be nine months, he still got to do a whole nother nine months in his program. So once you get to your program, I still feel like there's no rehabilitation because at the end of the day, you end on your own two feet. And they're not teaching you nothing to keep you out of trouble. They're basically just trying to help you make your time fly and keep, and keep you from fighting in there. That's all they're basically doing. And on
1: top of that, the time that you're doing, it doesn't even count towards. And it doesn't
7: even count. once you and Then once you get to your program, that's when your time starts. So this, so
1: this sounds... Even if rehabilitation and programs were supposed to be implemented, yeah, it almost sounds um, like they are psychologically starting a cycle in you in your having, mind. In your mind, just sitting and waiting for
5: eight nine months. Yes, and go ahead, go you. You give me. I know you were going <laughs> to say something earlier. I, 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 I want to speak on this too. When we while we talking about that, you know, even probation. Now, I'm 19 years old. I was um, certified and convicted of a felony when I was 16. You know, I got, I was incarcerated when I was 15. But um, I was end up sentenced to four years on probation. So um, I just graduated high school. You know, I'm off probation now. Come on now. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, nah, it's, 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 it's a month. It's been a month. But um, just being on probation, you know, um, you out, you free. But you still have someone you gotta answer to. You still gotta be in the house at a certain time. You know, you can't you're not free to go out of town, you know, family visits, different things like that on probation. So even being out, you know, being able to breathe air, you know, wear your own clothes and do different things like that, that still puts you in a state of mind like I'm still locked. I'm free, but I'm I'm not free. I'm I'm in jail still. You know, and that kind of puts your mind in a cycle, you know, to where, you know, like, you know, you you really don't understand and you really don't know what you want to do because it's still something holding you back. You know, probation can stop you from getting a job. A conviction can stop you from getting a job. Um, people will stereotype you for being on probation. Um, people, you know, uh, uh, treat you a certain way. So, basically, you walking around marked. Still, And, you know, your mind is still at a point where, like, you know, I'm free, but I'm not free. So, that can really, like, you know, put you in a you know, a mindset. Think that has,
1: I think that has more to do with it than anything. I think if a, a person's mindset, or it feels like that they're still limited and that they have no options that they have. Like, so, because... Something like that. Like, I'm just, I'm putting myself in, in this, in, in your your homie shoes that you said, you know somebody right now sitting in there. What I did was, I said to myself, and I can even go back to when I was 12 years old, and they took me to the jail, and I visited the jail, they showed us the jail, and it was like, showed us this is where you don't want to come, and they, they, they take you there, and they do this type of scare thing, what they do with you, this uh this scare tactic with you, mm-hmm. and um, I, I was cool with the whole thing until I found out that the only reason why they took me is because they thought that I was an at risk young uh, teen. Yeah. At risk kid. So I'm like. You
3: what? know, those programs don't even work. Do you know the research says definitively that those programs make it more likely for you to offend the scared straight?
1: Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I, I. And I mean, just thinking back at how devastating I felt, um, like just revisiting that. I'll never forget that. At twelve years old, I'm. A, I'm a. I'm. I'm in my thirties, but I remember the day that they called me an at-risk teen, and I was like, "What have I done to make you feel like you have to be scared of me? I'm twelve. I, I just want to play sports. I like girls." Yeah, that that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you does know he what I mean? Things he knew. Like that's that's like what I knew. And then with sports and girls, and give me a hamburger. You know what I'm saying? Some, fr- <laughs> some fried chicken or something. You know what I mean? That was my thing. And I just didn't understand why somebody wanted to label me. And me now in my 30s, I have a problem with that. Like that psychologically does something to you. And you when you don't grow out of it, you grow with it. And you don't understand and then you become a grown man and then you have a problem with people having a problem with you. And then it's like you want to please everybody and it's like why this person got it? It becomes a cycle. And then when you you have certain options and you have certain views and then when you feel like you have no options and people view you that way, you know, there were days I wanted to lash out and lose my mind and just say, you know what? I'm going to go if you think I'm a criminal, I'm going to show you how much of a criminal I am. Yeah. If you think I'm this person, that this evil predator person or this evil guy, like I'm going to show you that since that's what you already labeled me. You know what I mean? And I think that what is happening when it comes to the justice system is that it's not, it is not what's being done when you are in the jails. It's what they're doing to your mind for you, when you get out, yeah. it's like what you said. It's like I still feel like mentally I have nowhere to go. I am literally still trapped to the point to where this is the only thing that's for me. They have shown me that this is all I'll ever be about. Yeah. So what else? Uh, what else is there to
5: look to? You know what I'm saying? And then you know, like when you're younger, being incarcerated. That's like, you know, that just really, like, you know, really set you up for the downfall. The younger you are and, like, the more you going through it, you go to jail, you experience it the first time. You're taking away your childhood. Yeah, 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 basically. And then now you just, now you just you know, you adapting to it. Because, you know, as a, as a human, you know, we adapt, you know, right. to our surroundings, you know, to where we are. And, like, me, I was 15 when I first went to jail. And you're, and, been,
3: you're talking adult jail, too. Yes. Right?
5: To um, you know, yeah, Duval County Hold jail. Hold on, so you were 15. And you were charged as an adult. Yes, sir. He's sitting in the adult jail while you At the okay. Duval County Keep Jail. Keep going. And, um, you know, it's when you go down to the jail, once you get certified, it's kind of like, you know, they actually, like, you know, there's no more hope for you. They actually bring the jail tours to the juvenile dorms on the sixth floor at the jailhouse. So, basically, like, you want to be like them? Yeah, they going to prison, da 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 So, it's basically like, all right, kind of hurts. Wow. You're you're like like dang, you know, it's kinda like no hope for me. So um Wow and and you fifteen, sixteen years old, seventeen years old in in there, you know, they treat you like an adult. You know, it's kinda like it's it's a little different from the adult side, you know, in the jail, but they they treat you more like an adult right. in the jail house and um you know, you get in trouble, you fight, it's twenty three hour lockdown, deep disciplinary confinement. So now you don't, you don't, you fought, you know, whatever you fighting for when you were as a young age person, you know, you fighting for your respect, you know, you fighting for food, you know, you fighting for these different things. And then, you know, you going a 23 hour lockdown at the age of 16, 15 years old, Mm. you know, that really setting you up for the downfall, you know, like Mm. mentally wise, you know, like you like at a point where like, you know, dang, you know, most kids that age, most, you know, you know, teens that age, you know, still got ADHD. Yeah. You know, like gotta move, you know, gotta do different things, gotta sweat, you know, gotta play some basketball, gotta get active in different things like that. And like when you get put in 23 hour lockdown to where you can find in this small cell for 23 hours a day and you mm. only get one hour out, you know, Imagine yeah. what that'll do to a teenager of mind,
1: and not to turn into, not to turn into the science guy, but <laughs> your 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 brain is still right. developing. A part of you, uh, your your brain at that age is still developing that part to handle those type of situations better. Your, that's a part of your brain to help you endure those times that hasn't even fully developed yet. So you can't deal with them the way you're supposed to deal with them yeah. because in the age that you're in. You haven't developed a certain part of your brain to help you deal with those type of uh, that type of trauma or those type of, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, challenges. You know what I'm saying? so you handle things a certain kind of way, which is why young people respond a lot of times the way that they respond, because they're not meant to go through a lot of the things that they have gone through. So, um, uh, man, I. This, is, this has really been helpful. I think where we at, sure. We, 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 um, I
7: think that's where the word institutionalized come from. Yeah. Like, they, they basically training your brains at a young age, like, you're going to keep coming back in here. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's basically what they want you to do, like, keep coming back. And when, in the detention center, like, they always tell you, we're going to keep the light on for you when you come back. Before you leave, it, it's always going to be at least one staff going to tell you that because the lights never go off. They're going to tell you, we're going to keep the light on for you. So that's what they tell you as you're leaving out.
1: Mm-hmm. Something to how you thinking about Wow. Man, um, I think it's a good time to go to a song real quick. Let's take a little quick break because that right there is something in itself. Um, and we'll come back and we'll kind of finish it up. Um, and it looks like we'll probably have to talk a little more about this on the next show as well. Um, but let's go to a song. I got my man, Sailor the Corner featuring Bizzle. Song called Cliches right here on the Ville Radio Show. Yep. Right, right.
9: Heard it all before. Right, right. Ooh. It go down when it go up. Ooh. You and him ain't never pay the same. You and him ain't never go Dutch. Netherlands, never, never, never land, y'all ain't never grow up, Woo. I'm fitter than a fiddle or that monkey in the middle better slow up, I'm riding through my city, everybody coming with me, I'ma be there in the jiffy, all I hear is murder, 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 but you never murder nothing, nothing ever getting murdered, all I hear is burner, 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 but your homie only got it, you ain't never got the burn, talking about you be up in the garden, but your people never planted, you ain't never got the tunnel, I done seen it all, and I can see the writing on the wall. Good God, oh Lord. Y'all ain't never nothing but a replay. Yeah, I heard it all before, man. Y'all ain't say nothing but a cliche. Tell me again, who the best, huh? I'm all this. I'm all this. That ain't nothing but a cliche. 914 to the door close. Take it to the bank that the team will never fall close. You be on that shoulder with a goodie. You a killer, but you probably wear the flannel with the footy. Pushing 50, but you looking like you banging with a hoodie. You the youngin' at the heart. You a holy, but a goodie, right? right? No, no. Tell rap, say hi to the other guy. I tell my youngin' with the onion that the grass ain't greener on the other side. Uh. Ain't love ever never blind when you lookin' at the tears that a mother cry. Everybody wanna pull it But don't nobody ever wanna bite the bullet Good God, oh Lord Y'all ain't never nothing but a replay Yeah, I heard it all before, man Y'all ain't saying nothing but a cliché Tell me again, who the best, huh? I'm all this I'm all this That ain't nothing but a cliché Slamming and dragging, and money, your money, your money be coming. The women you get and the ladies be loving the way you be stuntin'. Your haters be frontin', your killers is gunning, your enemies running. The police is hunting, the prison is coming, but you getting money and yada 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 yada, 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 yada. So you want to be the
5: bad guy? Huh? Uh, get an nice car fixed. Huh? And that's fly to the
6: shell hit your backside. Now you're down until all the heartbreak. Say you're going hard for your set, boy. boy. Yeah, till they put them choppers in the air like a car chase. I pull every card in your deck, boy. boy. You don't really want to die between a rock and a hard place. Uh. Put your monkey in around. Stop playing with the fire. Rock with me, and I'm aiming it like David and Goliath. I remember back when you had to say it through the wire. Man, I pray I never change. Be the same when I retire. Uh. Go hard
5: to go home, huh? you roll it hard and you don't roll, huh? And I ain't got enough room in the whip for you. I ain't got enough gas, make another trip for you. Yeah. Yeah.
9: Oh, no, y'all ain't never nothing but a replay. Yeah, I heard it all before, man. Y'all ain't saying nothing but a cliche. No, not a cliche. Tell me again who the best, huh? I'm all this. I'm all this. Yada, yada, yada. Yada,
1: yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. Yep, yep. That was the boy Cil out of the corner. Shout out to him. New York's finest. That's what I call him. That's my man. Did uh, did a show with him uh, last year, uh, right in New York City. That's a good brother. He's a part of that God of a Money movement. They doing their thing. Um, he just wrote a song called Cliches. Man, wanted to give people an understanding of, you know, some of the things y'all say. Kind of make fun of it. So. Shout out to him, man. appreciate you. Appreciate the music. Let's get back to this justice system uh, right here on the Ville radio show with Amy D and the EVAC movement boys. You know what I'm saying? Do you mind if I call you Amy D? That's fine. That's fine. All right. And Shirky Durky over here asking the tough questions. You know what I'm saying? I like it, though. It's real good. Shout out to the uh, to the homie Jay Harris. He's not in here, but we holding it down while in his absence. And hopefully he'll be back with us next week. But let's, let's touch on a couple things. Um... We were talking about offline that Amy wanted to touch on about Mm -hmm. the difference between um, the certain departments when it comes to the juvenile Mm -hmm. uh, detention center and then the actual adult adult Mm -hmm. jail downtown. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead.
3: So there's just some things I've had to learn kind of as we've gone about the justice system system, because I didn't know anything about it. So some things that you want to know. First of all, there is the detention hall for juveniles. All right um that's generally where juveniles are taken to but then there's also adam street and that is the adult jail um what julia was referring to is that if you are what's called direct file that's another term you need to know direct filed or certified that means that they charge you as an adult that means that you have an adult record so if you got charged let's say with armed robbery you one can get 10 20 30 years at 14 15 doesn't matter if you're direct filed. You get the adult uh, penalty. You also will have an adult felony for the rest of your life. And you also will be housed on Adam Street in the adult jail. Now, there's a separate wing for juveniles, but they're treated the same as the adults, and they're not given any of the services.
1: And my thing is, why, if there's a 8th Street, because that's the detention, there's mm-hmm. that's 8th Street and then there's Adam Street. Why is there a need to put juveniles on in Adam Street?
3: Because... Because that signifies that they have been charged as an adult. Yeah. And you can be like Jaleel was saying, he got charged as an adult on his first offense. People don't realize that this happens. I've had even people who are in charge of the juvenile system tell me this doesn't happen. I watch it happen. He's witness to it happening. Yeah. And
5: it's and it's kinda like, you know, um, when basically when they certify you, they they basically putting like the tag on you like you more you're a more violent youth than the others. So, you know, like, we're gonna put you in an adult jail. You're more violent than people your age. You, um, you are more dangerous. You know, basically, like, you know, profiling you to where, like, you this bad person. Right. And, you know, like, you this bad person and you can't be around people your age group because you are more dominant, you are more physically, like, basically, what they're just trying to profile you into being this bad person and you separated from the rest of your age group. And now you're around more people, more kids like you, more people, more kids like they feel like are dangerous like you, more people, more kids they feel like are at risk like you, Um, you know, kind of like same charges, you know, different things like that. And um, once you're around them, they feel like you can – I guess cope in the, that environment better when really you know they just messing your mind up yeah. even more. You know, dead. and this is your first, first? offense.
1: This is a first. This, this your-
5: was the first felony I ever had on my record. You know, I grew up in foster care. You right. know, so um, you know, group homes and different things like that. You go through a lot. You know, that's a system too, mm-hmm. where you know it's setting you up for downfall. Yeah, and um. You know, you go through different things like most kids don't go through. Even kids who in poverty don't go through, you know. As yeah. um, far as, like, you know, pe- people wearing your stuff, you know. Now y'all in the house fighting about it, you know. And the people who over the group home, you know, they like, you know, they fighting. You need to call the police so they mm-hmm. can make a report about it. And that just leads to both of y'all catching, you know, a charge, you know. And I, you know, I had a couple of misdemeanors, you know, with stuff like that. But, um... My first felony. This was my first felony. I was 15, um, and I got charged with aggravated assault. And within my first 21 days in the juvenile detention center, because your first 21 days, you know, they have to do something. you. yeah,
7: and say it again. You have a your first 21 days in juvenile uh, detention center. You have a right to a speedy trial. So, basically, that's another thing we need to talk about. Like. Your twenty-one days, they have twenty basically they have twenty one days to figure out what they gonna do with you. But if you waive your twenty one days, that gives them all rights to hold you over twenty-one days and keep pushing your court dates back to they yeah. figure out what they wanna do with you, which basically gives them more time to build up a case on you. Yeah. And your public once you go talk to your public defender before you go to court in the juvenile system, like they basically be trying to trick you to waive your 21 days. Like, they play with your mind. and be like, oh, well, on your 21st day, if you don't waive them, your charge is so serious, you might be getting certified when really somebody enough for a battery. You can't, you gonna certify somebody for a battery. Nah, you waive
5: it. Nah, and when you waive
7: it, that give them time to build a case on you, on your battery, get more evidence, and, and then that's where they finally slam you with a program. Wow. When really, if you jail. didn't waive your 21 days, you probably would've got released on your 21st
5: day. And, and that's what it was for me, you know, right on my 21st day, in the, you know the jail, I was certified. And, um, I went down to the um, to the adult jail. They gave me a half a million dollar bond, you know, on a third degree felony, so I wouldn't you know be able to get out. And um, you can post that. <laughs> I don't know, you know, nah. I know half a million dollar bond, nah. Mm. But um, you know, and um, that just put me in a situation where I had to be in there. And, uh, you know, I ended up going to court, you know, and they was just like, you know, the judge basically, you know, like, you know, felt like, you know, he's a menace. So uh, we're going to keep him in there. We're going to they kept pushing my court date back like two months, month and a half. And you that young doing that amount of time in jail and it's actually your first time actually doing time in jail, you know, it's going to take a toll on your mind than anything else. You know, it's not like you're 35 years old and you don't been in jail six times, and one of those times you did five years. You know, right. you can kind of like deal with it better.
1: Well, it th- th- this this is this is what's funny about it, and we we got to wrap it up, and we'll we're gonna we're gonna finish this on on the next show. The 21 day situation. You said that 21 days they got to find out what they're gonna do with you. Yes, so sir. they kind of they kind of. You know, finagle you into waiving your 21 days, but then you said on your 21st day they gave you a bond of a half a million dollars. So it sounds like I'm out of gas either, either way. way it go. Yeah. It sound like so on the 21st day they decided to give me a, a,
5: a, a, a certify me a, certify you day. and
1: then give you a bill at a half a million dollars, which I cannot pay. I don't have that money to pay. So then you say. They know we, you can't pay. You know so then we're gonna bring you back the next court date and then we're gonna push you back next. Yeah. So it sounds like I have no option, period. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that if we're going to call this a justice system that we have to reevaluate mm-hmm. and look at. I wanna go back to even what you said about uh when you brought and you brought up police officers before you just let them come on. You would check them out, really find out what they're about. And then you said that, um, you know, they they spend a certain amount of t- hours they need with the community. I think that would be a great. Because that's that's
7: the front line. That's right. what gets you yep. in jail. Yep. So to keep the target off your back, I'd rather have a a, a, a hand to hold somebody that's going to, like, be there for me or come, come out there play basketball with me or football with the kids come out and give out toys or something. Like, that'll that just put an image in my eye to, to that police officer, like, oh, he at least he trying to do something different and do something right for the community instead of targeting every black man that walk around out here with no shirt on or something. Right. Just to mess with and be like, oh, let me run your name. Do you got an ID on you? Oh, you know you go to jail for not having no ID on you. They'll mess with you for anything. Like, That's they happening? don't got nothing on you yeah. at all. They'll pick something to mess with you by. Why you don't have your ID on you? You know you go to jail for that. Wow. Uh-huh. Like they'll pick something to mess with you with. If we had, if we had like mandatory, a minimum mandatory, like how they give you in jail. If police officers had minimum mandatory community service hours, meaning they got to go out and uh, community police, a lot of a lot of crime will stop, and I feel like a lot of arrests will be de-escalated.
1: Yeah. Wow, uh, you heard it here, man, and I, I definitely agree. And we got some more things that we can um, uh, talk about on the next show. I want to thank you, young brothers, for coming out and speaking your mind and really uh, articulating in a ways for people to understand.
5: I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, yeah, th- thank you. I think that's one of the uh, misconceptions about uh, um, a lot of young brothers, that they can't articulate and that their voice can't be heard. And we want to thank you, Amy, for you know just sticking with these guys and showing them that they have a voice and allowing them to be sh- uh, sh- uh, heard. You can tell that they are used to being heard, and we appreciate that. Hey, listen. Special thanks to the Ville Church. Shout out to the Ville Church for sponsoring the Ville Radio Show. Y'all make sure y'all come check us out every Sunday. You know what I mean? 1030. Uh we got Pastor Shirk, I think, who's gonna be preaching. You 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 got it this Sunday, right? I got it. You got it. You know what I'm saying? We've been speaking uh, speaking on a sermon series called There's Gotta Be Something Different. Y'all make sure y'all come holler at us 1030 every Sunday. Um, and catch us back here next time on the Ville Radio Show. We'll be back with the EVAC movement again for a couple more weeks, I think we're going to do. So y'all stay tuned and enjoy this. Something happened with my life, so live, so a lot of people, sorry about that. But you can make sure you tune in on Saturday, 103.7 FM. If don't, if you don't, we put the podcast out on Monday. Make sure you like the Ville Radio page. That's the VIL, Ville, radio show. Page so you can hear the podcast every week on Monday. All right. Appreciate y'all. Thanks, homies. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Yes, sir.